0: Welcome to Academically Speaking. This podcast is designed to provide our listeners with an opportunity to engage with subjects and topics related to student academic success. How we think and what we do is important to how we become citizens of this country and of the world. Hello everyone, this is Academically Speaking with Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, Vice Provost and Dean of the College of Undergraduate Studies here at the University of Central Florida. And with me this afternoon is my esteemed colleague, Dr. Leah Gaines. Dr. Gaines joined the University of Central Florida in fall of 2021, and as a lecturer in the the Interdisciplinary Studies Program. Dr. Gaines holds a PhD in African-American and Africana studies with a concentration in urban education from Michigan State University. She received a master's degree from Morgan State University, where she studied history and African-American studies. She completed her undergraduate studies at Towson University, where she majored in psychology and minored in African-American studies. Her research interests are in structural inequities, urban education, student experiences, African American language, Black women and beauty, race and identity. Her latest publication, In the Midst of the Water Crisis, Language and Resistance in Flint, is an ethnographic work that examines language and resistance in Flint and How the Educational Community in Flint, Michigan Has Used Language to Resist the Ongoing Water Crisis. Welcome, Dr. Gaines. Thank you, Dr. Berry. It is a pleasure to have you join us today at Academically Speaking. And so we're going to start out by just having the audience get to know a little bit about you. Tell us about your background, the things that you studied, and what led you to deciding, I want to know more about this. Okay, so
1: uh, I started my collegiate studies um, at Towson University uh, where I was a psychology major. So I actually thought that I wanted to do something in the psychology field. Um, Where I'm from, Towson University is right across the street from a psych hospital um, called Shepherd Pratt Hospital. Mm -hmm. And most of the psych uh, majors tend Mm -hmm. to graduate from Towson and Mm -hmm. then go right across the street and work there at Shepherd Pratt, and that's what I did. So I was working there for a few years, um, and I realized working in a hospital was not a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Even from down to the superficial things like having to work on holidays. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My family, we like to celebrate holidays together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wasn't sure that that's what I wanted to do forever. Um, So then I went back to school. I went down the street to Morgan State University, and that is when I kind of got into a passion of history. Uh, so I studied history there. And although I've always loved learning and teaching, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I loved to research until I got into my doctoral program. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom's a teacher. My brother is sort of in... he, he My brother used to teach, but now mm-hmm. he does... Um, he works at the Smithsonian, the mm-hmm. African American um, History and Culture Museum in mm-hmm. D.C., um, so it's kind of like a thing in our family mm-hmm. to, like, to stay in education. But uh, once I, when I was at Morgan actually, I worked at an elementary school in Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Maryland, but not in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Howard County, Maryland, which okay. is about 45 minutes or an hour away. Mm-hmm. And so my experiences in Howard County about an hour away were drastically different than what I saw in Baltimore City. Mm-hmm and I wanted to know why this difference was. Okay. Uh, so that's what got me into research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for my for my dissertation, I actually looked at um, structural inequities within education in Baltimore mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. And I returned to the school that I worked at during my master's degree. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of how I got into
0: education and research. So the lesson to be learned there is to follow your passion. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's important because I think lots of college students think they are doing things that they're supposed to do as opposed to doing the things that they get excited about. Mm -hmm. And in your current role, you get to do the thing that you're excited about but then pass along that passion. So tell us a little bit about your research since you have found your passion in research.
1: Yeah. So I love everything about history. I love everything about experiences. I love everything about culture. Um, So I'll kind of transition a little bit back and then come forward. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Baltimore, the thing that stood out to me the most were As soon as you walk into this specific elementary school, Mm -hmm. the first thing I saw, and I'm sure most people see when they come in, but the difference is it was not a surprise to people because they often see it versus Mm -hmm. me, who did not always see it, Mm -hmm. were these signs above the water that says, do not drink, right? Hand-washing only, right? So it's because of the lead issue, right? Mm -hmm. In the school and that in a a lot of homes and communities in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So trying to understand um why that is here mm-hmm. uh, why this why this lead problem is a norm here in mm-hmm. many schools but not an hour away mm-hmm. in other schools right um so specifically, how come certain students have these experiences and others don't? And I was also interested in understanding why people weren't upset about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted nobody was as upset about it as I was, meaning mm-hmm. the people in the school were kind of just like, yeah, you know, that's the that's just what it is. That's just mm-hmm. how it is. I wanted to better understand these things, right? Mm-hmm. So Baltimore being a very older city, mm-hmm. they have these issues with lead because mm-hmm. of the paint that is used right. on, on the water pipes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fine, but the problem is, is that it hasn't been fixed Mm -hmm. or changed or updated, right? right? And so these problems exist. And the real issue, though, is that it causes lead poisoning, Mm -hmm. especially for children, Mm -hmm. right, Um, whose bodies are still developing. I can be kind of a pessimist. So one thing that kept me um, excited about research, instead of just understanding the problem, Mm -hmm. but also understanding how are people resisting this issue and how are people yes this is a huge issue but how are people surviving within it right how are people living I'm the only one that's angry so how are y'all walking around okay and happy Mm -hmm. tell me how Mm -hmm. so that's what I was I was trying to understand Mm -hmm. now I research anything that has to do with history cultures and experiences Mm -hmm. lived experiences of people of color Mm -hmm. Maryland um, Michigan Florida it kind of wherever the people are is where I am. And that is kind of easiest because then I have access to interview people. uh, And those are places that I have lived. Mm
0: -hmm. So it really helps us to also understand that there is no type for researcher, right? So Mm -hmm. oftentimes young children, when they get asked to draw a picture or to describe what a researcher looks like, they usually come up with the person that most resembles Albert Einstein in a lab coat, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember I had the privilege of participating in um, the opportunity to do a brief video clip where we were talking about what a researcher looks like. Mm -hmm. And, um, had the opportunity to be able to tell folks, you know, I'm a researcher, I'm an active researcher. I also do ethnographic research, autoethnographic research, phenomenological research, which is to sort of understand why a phenomenon exists, such as the issue with the lead paint in the schools, um, and narrative research, research that tells a story about a particular phenomenon. Um, and so that we can really sort of understand um, how people engage with certain kinds of circumstances, and also for me at least, it provides opportunities for problem solving. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of solving the mystery. I've I read a lot of Nancy Drew novels when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. I like solving the mystery, right? So we have lots of people who may not necessarily, in this twenty-first century, look like your run-of-the-mill, garden-variety, ordinary, stereotypical researcher, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think it's important that you do this work and that you're able to sort of unearth all of this new information and to help people engage in problem solving, mm-hmm. right?
1: And Dr. Bray, I'll say I've been very lucky in that along the way, I've been able to see people who look like me. Mm-hmm. So my undergraduate um, advisor, Dr. Lena Ampadu, um at Towson University, um, a black woman who looked like me, right? Mm-hmm. When I went on to my master's, the chair for my um for my thesis, uh, Dr. Deborah Newmanham was a woman who looked like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went on to Michigan State University, I got taken under the wing of Dr. Tara Chambers, mm-hmm. a woman who looked like me. So mm-hmm. I, I will say that I feel very um, lucky to have been able to follow the path um, behind people that um, have been, one, willing to help me. And also willing to guide me mm-hmm. and teach me, uh, mm-hmm. be patient. I'm sure, at undergraduate, Leah was not as easy to work with. <laughs>
0: so that would be the case for many of
1: us. I <laughs> when I think about it, I'm probably I'm, I feel embarrassed. Like, uh, Dr. Ambadu, was I really, really bad? And not bad as in mm-hmm. like
0: um, acting,
1: but bad as in terms of. In undergraduate, I, I was very passionate and I mm-hmm. wanted to learn, but I also felt so. I felt like the younger people on campus were just. We want change now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, other people were trying to guide me and tell me better, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I I just feel very proud to have been able to um,
0: see people who look like me Mm
1: -hmm. and show me how to do it as well. Mm
0: -hmm. And that and that's significantly important as we think about um, our our history as uh, black women, as women of color and how so many individuals have been able to contribute in relationship to their research, their scholarship, um, teaching in the classroom, contributing to communities, contributing to science and engineering and all kinds of fields, right? Mm -hmm. So as we think about and reflect on all of the people who have really contributed to what we know in U.S. context, everything from who invented the street light to who invented the broom of, of all things, the modern day broom. Why do you think Black History Month is so important in the context of all of that?
1: I think it is important because historically we have not always been able to prioritize um, different experiences and different cultures or different understandings. Um, and I think that I think that taking out a month, within a year to say although we don't prioritize this culture this history this experience throughout the year we are going to make it a duty mm-hmm. to do it this month mm-hmm. and i think that's extremely important i think that's important for the students and the people that you mentioned that don't have the people that look like them that can say well these people have done these amazing things and they look just like you mm-hmm. um so i think that that month is carved out for that mm-hmm. and i think that we should, we should be able to celebrate histories, cultures, and experiences and, and, um, of Black people mm-hmm. and their contributions to society. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was in middle school, I was in this program called Black Saga. And the organizer would always say, um, his his this was in middle school, so this is some time ago, but his name was either Dr. Charles Christian or Dr. Christian Charles. And he was a professor at um, University of Maryland, College Park at the time. Mm-hmm. And he would say, it's Black Saga time. Black history is American history. And I loved hearing it. Mm-hmm. Every every year at the competition, he would say that. And I think that's important for people to hear, too, mm-hmm. because I think some people think that it is only the history of a group of people. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about a Black American history, mm-hmm. this group of people are also Americans. It mm-hmm. is all of our history.
0: Absolutely. And they contributed to American society, not mm-hmm. just to black people, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's it's funny that you should say that because one of my former mentors, uh, the late Dr. William H. Watkins, wrote in what we call the curriculum bible because I'm a curriculum theorist by training. Uh, the text is called Understanding Curriculum, and he writes in there that uh, the history of black people is inextricably tied to the history of all people, mm-hmm. and when we think about all of the contributions that many Black people made in U.S. context, they contributed to American society, Mm -hmm. not just to a small group of people and and their particular way of life, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, is not monolithic, you Mm -hmm. know, so because Black people are just as diverse as every other group of people in relationship to how we engage. Um, And so when we think about all of those things, um, one of the things that I felt was really important about what you said was how a variety of different people really impacted on your trajectory, your journey as an academic and as a researcher. But let's talk about your teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, you teach in the interdisciplinary studies program. Mm-hmm. And my first question in relationship to that is, well, why do you teach?
1: I teach because I, I, Love learning myself, mm-hmm. which sounds silly, or people might think, "Oh, you love learning." Yes, I I am a person who, even in my older age retirement, I think I will be one of those people who who take classes until I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it um, helps me to gr- helps me to grow professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it develops my skills. It it develops my students. Mm-hmm. I love mentoring. I love working with people. Um, and then I also like being able to be that person. I just named three people that I felt, that I feel kind of molded my work, my the person that I was, the student, mm-hmm. and I wanna be able to be that person for somebody else. Um, so I think that's important as well. Um, within ideas, um, I teach a few classes. Um, the standard classes that um, we all kind of take turns teaching are the cornerstone and the capstone. Mm-hmm. and. Those, those classes kind of mold IDS students. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we get students who have come from um, different areas and they're kind of learning to mm-hmm. be an IDS major. And that helps them to one, understand what IDS is, mm-hmm. and then also how they can use that to apply that to their studies as well as who they wanna be after they graduate or who they wanna be as, as they're still a student, mm-hmm. but specifically to prepare them for life after graduation, right? The class that I get emails about every day, the one that they are so excited about is the study away. Mm -hmm. This, I was just speaking with um, uh, Barbara, and we were talking about how the program has been growing. So I get more students that are more excited every semester, right? Um, And I'm I'm excited to see this course evolve, right? Um, Because... One, I get to learn with the students. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't get, when I teach, uh, although I'm the person that is teaching, I'm also learning, Mm -hmm. right? The study away is essentially um, a course that allows students to learn outside of the classroom, Mm -hmm. right, Um, in a different area, culture, city, state. In the past, I've done a study away to St. Augustine, Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also done a study away to uh, New Orleans, Mm -hmm. uh, Louisiana. And within those classes, we researched the history of a, um, and the experiences of a marginalized group. Mm -hmm. And I had an idea of what I wanted the students to do, Mm -hmm. but they had their own ideas coming in and I was okay with that. So they kind of ran with that too. Because it is an IDS course, Mm -hmm. the students come from different areas of knowledge, background, and interest. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they take their specific knowledge and interest and they research that marginalized group from that experience or from that discipline. Which makes it interdisciplinary. Exactly. Or from those disciplines, rather. Mm Multiple. Multiple. Yeah, so this summer I'm really excited to be taking students to Puerto Rico. Um, here we will be studying um, the history, cultures, and experiences of Black and Latinx groups within Puerto Rico. Uh, we will be doing a service project with a local community, and we will be working with the student organization on a, on a campus in Puerto Rico as well, which I'm excited about. Um, so I'm still in the in the planning stage of this mm-hmm. um, of this course. Uh, And I meet with some of the campus organizers in Puerto Rico next month, actually. And so we'll finalize everything then. Um, But so far, the class is full. We have a wait list. And the students are extremely, extremely excited about
0: it. And it's certainly an opportunity to really understand the interdisciplinary nature of research in different Mm contexts. So just as you've had the opportunity to do research in Maryland, in Michigan, and now in Florida, and you could literally use the same topic in relationship to that, but because the context and the space and the people are different, Mm -hmm. some of the issues... In relationship to that topic may look very different Mm -hmm. right so now we have students who have the opportunity to engage in the very same way Mm -hmm. thinking about the thing that they want to know most about Mm -hmm. whether it's water safety or language learning or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and position that topic in that space Mm -hmm. and really learn more about what does it mean to do research on a particular topic outside of the space that i normally would do that in and Mm -hmm. would i find out something differently right Mm -hmm. so that's super exciting Mm
1: -hmm. i'm also excited too that we are able to provide this opportunity to students who might not have had the opportunity outside Mm -hmm. of this course so most of my students who went to new orleans last summer Mm -hmm. this was their first time on a plane right so being able to experience a culture Mm -hmm. and culture outside of just people food space, Mm -hmm. everything, um, was different, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a learning experience in itself. Just getting on that plane was Mm -hmm. a learning experience, right? Um, So that's exciting. And actually, the first time I traveled um, out of the country was when I was an undergrad. Mm -hmm. So although we're not leaving the country, Mm -hmm. um, I still think that using school as an opportunity to learn even outside of the classroom is Mm -hmm. very important. And I'm excited that I'm able to give these these opportunities to students.
0: It's a different kind of cultural space. And so mm-hmm. even within the state of Florida, there are different cultural spaces. So mm-hmm. imagine how people in Appalachia or in California or in Texas or in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. engage in their spaces differently mm-hmm. because the weather is different. The languages and use of languages are different. Mm-hmm. The food is different. Mm-hmm. Right. So. All of those things are learning experiences by themselves mm-hmm. set aside from the research that the students are engaging in. Mm-hmm. Well, we're super excited that you're leading our study away program in, in the College of Undergraduate Studies. And it's one of many things that you are involved in on campus and off campus. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little about the organizations that you're engaged in inside of the university space. And outside of the university space.
1: Okay. Um, So at UCF, I am a member and executive board member for BFSA, Black Faculty and Staff Association. And within this organization, I serve as the membership co-chair. Well, one of the membership co-chairs. I'm a membership co-chair for faculty. Mm -hmm. So essentially what I do is I try to um, get faculty to... Stay members, paid members. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, more than just um, a membership, but a paid member in terms of commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also recruit faculty Mm -hmm. to become uh, members as well. Uh, And what BFSA does is they, they, We have different workshops, different meetings, and different uh, resources Mm -hmm. for faculty here on campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And outside of campus, I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. This is my 15th year now, almost 15 years. So in in the springtime, I will be 15 years in. And... I'm excited about that, um, but it also makes me feel when I look at the when I look at my older pictures, they're starting to look vintage. Like <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about those old know, school pictures. And I I'm know. like, wow, is this it's my like, picture? Wait, is this the old school picture?
0: Why did I wear my hair like that? <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, so it makes me feel. Um, I don't want to say older, but it makes me feel more mature mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. in the organization.
0: You're seasoned. So. That's what it, exactly. <laughs> Okay, and for the record, I'm also a member of the same organization in case people were not aware. Um, and so, that, so let's have a little bit of fun here. And I'm going to just ask some sort of speed questions here okay. in relationship to things that you're like. So, favorite color?
1: Red, and this was even before Delta. <laughs> when I was in high school, I had red hair. Red, red was my prom dress color. I've just always loved red.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. Favorite author? Zora Neale Hurston. Okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. Zora Neale Hurston, for our listeners and viewers, is a native of Florida and did a lot of work um, that sort of depicts spaces in Florida and is from Eatonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Favorite song?
1: Anything by
0: Beyonce The Weeknd or Rick Ross. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> All right. The Queen Bee herself. Absolutely. Favorite place to vacation?
1: Before moving to Orlando, Orlando mm-hmm. was my favorite place to vacation. Mm-hmm. Um now it's anywhere new. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Dream car. Okay. You know, when I was in middle school, my mm-hmm. dream car was a PT cruiser. I mm-hmm. saw it in a in a music video and I said, Oh, but now I think the car is now it's no longer it's, my favorite. It's kinda vintage It's kind of vintage now. <laughs> Now it is, and this might be old too, but mm-hmm. I used to really like H2 Hummers, And I know they don't even make the car anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know they if I really eat have a one. a lot of gas. I've heard that too, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know if I really have one now. Mm-hmm.
0: Favorite city to visit in the U.S.?
1: Favorite city to visit, I'm going to say home. Um, right outside of Baltimore, Maryland.
0: Favorite food? Ooh. I love food,
1: <laughs> which is my favorite. Okay, my mom makes a uh, really good corned beef and cabbage.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Siblings?
1: Yes, I have a brother, an older brother. Um, this is—it's always so weird when people say, "How many mm-hmm. siblings do you have?" So I have a brother um, that I grew up with all my life, and mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll just say, "Oh yeah, I have a brother," but I also have two other sisters and two other brothers as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Favorite actor?
1: Ooh. My favorite actor, you know, I'm a huge movie buff, so Mm -hmm. I'm surprised I'm not able to say this quickly, but my line sister is an actress, so I'm going to say Michelle Michener.
0: Oh, okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: Favorite movie?
1: I'm a horror fan, so don't Mm -hmm. think I'm weird, but anything scary. I'm the person, I can fall asleep watching scary movies, and it does (laughs) not bother me one bit. I won't get scared. No, I love it. So anything okay. scary
0: Chucky, Chucky's Bride, all of that
1: All of it The gorier the better
0: <laughs> Oh, okay mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds fun Favorite TV show
1: Okay, what am I watching Past right now? Past or present Okay Right now, I really like The Last of Us It's a show on Of course You've heard of it on HBO? I've heard
0: of it It's And there are lots of questions about whether or not we would actually experience that Experience
1: some type of apocalypse mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good it's, it's if people are not okay with gory, probably won't like it. But it's really good.
0: All right, one last thing. If you could meet anyone, living or dead, mm-hmm. who would it be?
1: So this part, a lot of people don't know about me, Dr. Mm-hmm. Barry, but Tupac is my favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. And grad school was really challenging for me, not just in the school, but moving to one of and the coldest states. Exactly. Exactly. He's from Baltimore. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things that really got me through grad school was Tupac's music. Um, I actually have a tattoo on my wrist mm-hmm. that says, Thug Life. and. It, it doesn't stand for what people think it stands right, for. Right? Right. So he gave it an acronym that mm-hmm. says the hate you give little infants, mm-hmm. F's, everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So basically saying that we need to dedicate our life to children. Mm-hmm. And um, because I, I value children in education, mm-hmm. it was my motivation to make it through grad school and make it through life and mm-hmm. be successful.
0: Um, so Tupac. Okay. And I mm-hmm. bet a lot of people don't know that that's an acronym. So mm-hmm. people running around talking about I'm living the thug life. Like mm, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> okay. Um, so where is your next trip?
1: Uh oh, so I just told you my 15th Delta mm-hmm. is this spring. So me and my last sisters are going to Jamaica this June. Oh, lovely. yes. So that is it. This is this is our first mm-hmm. trip outside of Maryland together. No, actually, no, this is our first trip outside of the country together. And we're just really excited about it and I'm ready to have fun and spend time with my line sisters.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So lately, um, I've been watching episodes of If We're Being Honest with Laverne Cox. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Okay. Oh, okay. I think it's on HBO. Okay.
1: Okay. Um,
0: And so one of the things that she does as a closing question is Mm -hmm. to ask, what is it that we should ask that people don't typically ask you? So... What is it should I have asked that I did not ask you? That
1: people don't typically ask me. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, hmm. uh, you asked a really good questions, Dr. Barry. Um, I can't think of anything.
0: All right. What's your favorite book?
1: Zora Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Are Watching God.
0: Okay. Yeah. And we'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Dr. Gaines, for joining us on Academically Speaking. And thanks to our audience for listening and watching. This is Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, Vice Provost and Dean at the College of Undergraduate Studies, and this is Academically Speaking.